For the Emperor! For the... For the... For the... What? You know what I found weird about this game? Uh, anybody who's actually watched my streams knows I actually streamed this whole game. Full playthrough, the whole thing. Kind of a extended exploration thing. Back when I was calling those expeditions. And as I was going through, I was like, this isn't quite a Warhammer 40k game. Because the tone isn't quite right for a few things. And the presentation of a few things doesn't quite line up. Uh, Titus, of course, being one of the most obvious examples here, but also the way that Thrax acts and the way that the Orcs act was all just kind of... I mentioned this because I went looking into this a little bit. It turns out that both Games Workshop and... Uh, I suddenly can't think of the name of the developers of this game, consider this to be an AU situation, that they were obviously basing this on Warhammer 40k, but kind of wanting to do their own storytelling with it, and they couldn't really do the story they want to do while still existing to pre, pre-existing canon, so they just kind of decided, new canon. New continuity. <clears throat> Not sure what I think of that, because Captain Titus is an excellent example of someone who really should not be the way he is. Um, and I'm going to start with that, because Captain Titus is someone who I look at and I'm like, okay, so you're a space marine, okay, and you're definitely a badass, and you definitely are, you know, for the emperor, but you're humble. And you're not zealous to the point of insanity. And you don't treat the Imperial Guardsmen as if they are little more than flecks of dirt on your boot. Who the hell are you, and why are you part of the Space Marines, right? Now, it's interesting that I say that, because that actually, I mean, I should say, obviously made him far more likable to me, because he wasn't a dick, to summarize everything I just said. He was a decent person, relatively speaking. He was still a Space Marine, and still, raw. And it's not like he was a Mary Sue. He wasn't super competent, and he wasn't right about everything. In fact, for pretty much the entire first half of the game, you are helping the bad guys unknowingly because, yeah. And it's also funny that multiple times in the story, Titus actually makes the wrong call because of either lack of information on the subject or, more to the point, because of a more adherence to the ideologies that he believes in. Not the Codex Astartes, that's, that's a different thing. Uh, in fact, I do love how Titus flat out says that we do not need to completely adhere to the Codex Astartes, which is kind of in contradiction for one of the presentations of the Ultramarines in the past. But he's also not just a super mega, I'm better at everything, kind of like another presentation of the Ultramarines in the past. So I think for the first time uh, ever, really, I think I can actively say that I really like the Ultramarines as they're presented in this game. Like, playing as a Smurf was actually legitimately fun, and not just because of the fact that I was destroying everything in my path. There are some really unanswered questions there. I would really, really like to have a sequel to this game, and I mean that with total sincerity. In addition to the fact that the gameplay is a ball, which I'll talk about in a second, I just I meant to talk about it earlier, but then I got off on Captain Titus. Um, in addition to the obvious fun of the gameplay... This basically ends on a cliffhanger. Like, not a complete cliffhanger. This particular threat is dissolved, but why is he so resistant to the warp? 
what is Thrax going to find when he looks into him? If anything, you know, what's going on with this? Why, why, what, where? All of these are questions that are just burning in my brain. And at this point, given everything that happened, we may never actually get a proper sequel to this game, which sucks. But uh, I digress. I would also just love to have another game in this variety in general. Oh, wait, we did have one. It was called Doom 4. Nice segue into gameplay here. It, with all sincerity, this game, I, I call it Doom 4 Light. And in fact, I have that, that quote right here in my notes. But, I mean, obviously Doom, I, I, I was a huge, huge fan of Doom 4. And I know I'm not the only one because I have heard almost nothing but universal praise for Doom 4. And with really, really good reasons. It was an astonishingly good game. Good, it was even good from a story perspective. But I'm here to talk about the gameplay. See, Doom 4 and Warhammer 40k Space Marine, also known as... It's on the tin. Uh, both of them do the right thing when it comes to approaching their gameplay by making it more fluid. Now, I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with cover-based gameplay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with methodical, uh, stealth-based gameplay or... You know, something more Deus Ex or Metal Gear Solid. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with uh, something more XCOMI, where you want to stay in cover and try to outflank and carefully maneuver. But this, this is so awesome in its own particular genre. This is another seg subsect of combat. This is basically first or third perspective God of War. You are a badass. You destroy what's in your path. And if anything's in your way, it stops being in your way in a hurry. Now, obviously, there are some significant differences between the two. And that's actually what I want to say. Anybody who knows me knows I'm actually a pretty big fan of the God of War series. God of War 2 being the peak of the series, in my opinion. But one tiny thing that God of War didn't really do is it never really gave you that feeling or flow to the combat. Each combat was effectively a separate set piece, and you moved from set piece to set piece. Now, that was good, don't mistake me, but it's different from... which is what both Doom 4 and uh, Warhammer 40k Space Marine do. And the best way it accomplishes this, and I know this sounds so dumb, but it's such a, a brilliant innovation in its own way. I'm sure there's games that have done it before, but these are the first two games I played that do it. You heal by killing... I mean, like, like it's a specific requirement. You have to do an execution, so you have to stun them and all that. But the fact that that is what heals you, basically, to, to put this into a car analogy, imagine if every time you ran over, you know, wow, this is a terrible analogy now that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> imagine if every time you're out, well, I'm just going to keep going with it. You're out driving the car, and every time you run over, I don't know, that's something everyone hates. A raccoon. There we go. Every time you run over a raccoon, you know, you you your your gas tank fills up a little bit more. And so you are now encouraged. I know this I'm really stretching this analogy. Let me just drop the analogy. The point being that's how, that was my mentality, not the raccoon killing. The fuel tank. I my health stopped being health in my mind and it started being fuel. And I know that sounds like just a weird shift, but that 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 change in my mentality completely changed how I played through the game. Because all of a sudden, my health was nothing more than another vehicle for me to get in there and to do more damage to more things. My health gets low, I need to refuel. 
but my if my health is you know and once and the only way I can refuel is by doing the executions and by killing right and I felt like that just makes the pace fantastic you know you literally and and then that of course perfectly fits Warhammer or Warhammer 40k I should say because you're a space marine I mean I I know that some some games and some works haven't have kind of de-emphasized this over years but those of us who know the lore of 40k know that a single space marine is a death machine it is an unstoppable badass that can mow through tons of things by themselves you know you drop one space marine on real life earth they're going to cause a lot of damage before they're stopped if they are stopped it'd probably take the levels of nuclear weapons to stop a space marine or maybe some really nice precision rocket or artillery. You know, heavy stuff, in other words. That's the level Space Marines are at. And I love that we get to play that. This is the first game I've played ever, which has really, truly made me feel like I was a Space Marine, as they're supposed to be, with the, the Whatcha-Fig gland and the, and the super healing, and the, or not the gland, excuse me, the organ the super healing and just the d devastating everything in your path, all of that fit perfectly with what I mentally envisioned there. And enabling you to progress by progressing, as weird as that sounds, added so much to the experience. <clears throat> and in addition to that, the game didn't really get bogged down in a lot of puzzle sections. Most games like this tend to follow a simple pattern for good reason. Combat, puzzle, combat, Puzzle. A lot of games do this. The Uncharted series, which I just recently went through, does this. Doom 4, the game I just paralleled this one, does this. You know, a lot of games do that kind of thing. It doesn't have to be puzzle. Uh, I use the term puzzle in the loosest possible definition. In other words, tempo-wise, which is what really matters, you've got high-tempo stuff, and then you've got a low-tempo. Then high-tempo, low-tempo, and so forth and so on. This game does have low-tempo sections, but it's mostly for story and exposition. There wasn't really a lot of, all right, let's solve the puzzle, or let's do the jumping platforming, or whatever it is we need to do. It was more just, bah, bah, bah. okay, let's learn a little bit more about what's going on. Bah, bah, bah. It still worked. It was just, it didn't quite have the adrenaline rush that Doom 4 brought me. I do feel like Doom 4 accomplished this same concept better. Sorry. <laughs> in many ways, Doom 4 really did feel like a spiritual successor to this game, in my opinion. Now, that being said, this game does do a lot of things very, very well. And the biggest one is the jump jets. There's a lot of toys you get throughout the course of the game, and my only possible complaint is that most of them you only get for a limited period of time. Now, it's understandable why they would do something like that, but every single one of those toys is kind of awesome. Anybody who watched my stream when I was playing through the whole game knows that I, I just, every time I got those things, I was like, yeah, yeah, I just loved it. And uh, we've actually used this as an example, even in more recent time, even within the last month, of talking about Dragoon-style gameplay from the Final Fantasy series and how you would accomplish something like that in a real-time environment. Because we've already had real-time Dragoons. We've played Warhammer 40k Space Marine, and it's awesome. And there is a lot of awesome throughout the course of this game, uh, which brings me to Sidonis. Or Sidonis, nice little segue there. Sidonis is that type of character who doesn't really have a lot going for him. There's no depth there. In fact, I have I literally just have his name written down in my notes because that's all I had to write down. But he is an awesome character. He's the kind of character 
Um, I would parallel him to Oren over in Final Fantasy X, except Oren does have some additional depth to him. But he's the kind of character that just about everyone gets along with, or at least likes, because they're awesome. Because Sidonis is just... You know, and then he's snarking the entire way. I'm afraid. You know, it, I don't even remember. Any, I should have wrote down his quotes, but you know, he's just doing that the whole time through. And he very much suits the first half of the game, along with Lieutenant Mira. That's the other character that I really feel is worthy of discussion. By the way, this is probably going to be a pretty short rumination. I just didn't have a lot to talk about here, but I I do wanted to make it clear I very much enjoyed this game as I was going through it. Lieutenant Mira is a character that is almost too out of place. In fact, if, if I was a more suspicious man, I would say she is part of this whole chaos thing going on, except the chaos guys don't really know how to be that subtle. The thing they did with Drogon, or, yeah, uh, the, the other guy, I think it's Drogon, is probably about as subtle as they get. And in fact, there's a, it's pretty clear as you're going through that even that wouldn't have worked if, you know, if Captain Titus and the other Space Marines knew who he was at all because even his own voice recognition software would no longer detect him, for God's sakes. You know? But I digress. Let's talk back about Lieutenant Mira, because I don't have anything else to say about Mr. I'm a corpse walking around possessed by a chaos spirit. <clears throat> Let's talk about Lieutenant Mira. She's almost too competent. <laughs> I know that's a weird character trait to have, but she is. She is scarily competent and is pretty much the reason why the line did not fall before it should have to the Olks. Now, she also, basically she comes across as someone who, if I didn't know the lore of the setting, I would assume she is also something like a space marine, like not in the, not in the armor, but her attitude, her mentality, and the poise with which she holds herself comes across as another one of these so-called elite. And obviously she's a part of the Imperial Guardsmen, and I do know the lore, and that makes me wonder very much about this. This could be another aspect of them just trying to tell a certain type of story, and hence the whole AU thing, trying to separate the continuity so that they don't have to worry about how much this doesn't quite fit with the rest of Warhammer 40k. So, so I could see that, and that makes a degree of sense. It does make it hard to speculate when they flat out say, this isn't a part of canon, so it's like, okay. But, but speaking of things that are not a part of canon, let's talk about the Orcs. Here's the thing. First half of the game's tone is, let's go take out an army. Yeah! And that's the whole first half of the game. Unless you pay attention to the story. Because if you really go through and re listen to all the audio logs, which I highly recommend you do, by the way, and read all the little data entries and talk to everybody, basically, do everything you can to rip the lore out of the game. It's not all, in fact, most of it is not presented to you in an obvious fa fashion. But if you go through... The Olks are horrible in this game. And that threw me. Like, they are bloodthirsty, vicious, horrible butchers who massacre and torture people. And that's... I'm sorry, but that's not the Olks, as far as I'm concerned. There's a reason the Olks are my favorite race in 440k. It's because they're just, yeah, they're just a bunch of kids going off and having fun, right? Gorguts, you know, you know, he's awesome, right? And yet, here, they're these horrible. You get, you get the difference there, and it was a, it was a quite a bit of a shift for me, and something that took a while, a little bit to get used to. There is this wonderfully real, horrific story about this medic 
uh, this nurse who is having to go to increasing horrible, increasingly horrible ends to try and make it so that at least some of her patients live. And then in the end, she kills her own patients in order to ensure that the orcs cannot storm in and be orcs. In fact, I'm going to stop calling them that. I'm going to start calling them orcs because they don't really strike me as orcs in my in my honest opinion because they're doing a different type of story with it. Now, don't mistake this for a kind of purist, you know, stuck up my own bum statement of, oh, it's not Warhammer. There's not, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to make that delineating line between the two very clear. Once I sit down and say this is its own canon, separate from everything else, I can now accept it at face value and just try to enjoy what's here. Because let me make this clear. I do think this is a very good game. Not like top 10 material, but top 100 material at least. Except at this point it's probably closer to like top 300. But you get the idea. It's good. It's, it's in the art category for me. And, and obviously the gameplay, which I've already talked about, has a huge amount of uh, access to that. I do like the fact that they deliberately said, no cover in our game, just go. I mean, why would a space marine use cover? They are cover. But the story, the lore of the game, also kept me invested and kept me interested. I wanted to know more about Mira. I wanted to know more about Leandros. I, I will say this. The plot is fairly basic. In fact, it's almost too basic. There's only a couple of things it did which made me go, huh. It does a couple of clever things, but for the most part, Space Marines, Orcs, Chaos. I probably only have to say those three words, or four words, excuse me, and you will understand the plot. Even if you've never played this game, if you know anything about Warhammer 40k, you know the plot, because there's Space Marines, Orcs, and Chaos. The end. What else is there to say? <laughs> Um, in fact, I don't even have Nemeroth's name written down. I have nothing to say about him. He's a guy who wanted to become a daemon prince, so he did the end. I mean, what do you say about a character like that? There's not a lot of depth to that. But the guardsmen, a lot of the guardsmen get a lot of fleshing out. There's a lot of characterization on a small level for the everyday type people. And again, the audio logs are a huge aspect of that. There's even this one really chilling one when you find out about the, the former Inquisitor, where he says, I will die before I will tell you. You will not get the secrets out of me. But unfortunately, it doesn't quite work that way. So they do end up figuring it out anyways. Oh, and it was kind of awesome being on a Titan, even if it was a smaller Titan. I do want to talk about Leandros. I mentioned the plot is kind of basic. Leandros's betrayal was so telegraphed. I think it's literally the first bit of characterization we get for him, is that he's got a big sign. I'm going to betray you just as a heads up, but even that was well presented. He betrays them, and what I was expecting, I mean, they call down a frickin' Inquisitor, right? And Thrax shows up, and it's like, oh, jeez, okay. <sighs> well, that's the end of that. Because I know Warhammer 40k. Everything Captain Titus di did is the kind of thing that would get him immediately destroyed in Warhammer 40k. For, for heresy, basically. But then they go another route with it. Thrax is astonishingly intelligent, or not, that's not the word, uh, um, he is intelligent. But he comes across as amiable, decent. And he says, eh. What a normal Inquisitor probably would have done is walked in and say, well, come on in. No, no, no. Your whole chapter. And leave your guns. Instead, he just brings in Titus, 
allows him to stay armed. And Titus actually flat out says, I am willing to go with you. I want to know what's going on, too. Both of those actions, from the perspective of an Inquisitor and the perspective of a Space Marine, are kind of, huh. But I'm with it. Again, because I, I, we made the dividing line, and now I want to know where you're going with it. All right, you've, you've established your own little set of rules based on Warhammer 40k. Okay, I'm with it. Do something with it. Make a sequel. God Almighty, make a sequel. I'm begging you. Um, is that it? Is that all I have to talk about? Oh, the tone shift. I want to talk about the tone shift. And then that is literally my last note. I, again, I don't have much to talk about. It's a good game. You should play it. The beginning of the game. War! Yeah! Except for the fact that the orcs are, orcs are secretly horrible. But then the tone shifts completely in terms of the dialogue, in terms of the presentation, the literal visual presentation of the area shifts completely. And pretty much the moment the, the warp issues show up and chaos shows up the game goes from being about this awesome badass charging through everything to being more of a of a thriller horror story and the, the and, and, and this entire shift down it just oh, weirded me out but that's obvious anybody could pick up on that and it was good don't mistake me but what i love about it is it's presented in gameplay as well because they literally have different AI sets for the, all the Chaos troops. The old troops will charge you. They, they have one setting, attack. In, in fact, in most games that have AI settings you can set, they would be set as Berserker. In other words, to always be on offense without regard to the self. That's exactly what the Orcs do. The Chaos, on the other hand, they will actually stay behind cover or try to outflank or try to use you know, sim uh, different unit types to bring you down. And chaos can hurt. It's it's a lot rougher the second half of the game, and not just because of the whole, you know, they're tougher, but because they're smarter. And I like that. The last game that really made me feel like that, I'm, I'm, the last game that made me feel like that to the point where I feel the need to point it out, I should clarify that, was Half-Life 1, a billion years ago. You know, back when enemy AI was pretty basic to begin with, and when you started encountering the actual American soldiers, the special ops people, as uh, you know, when you got to the surface, and all of a sudden they were using actual tactics and actual AI against you. It wasn't exactly phenomenal, but at the time it was mind blowing. And I like how it's used here to help accentuate the tone shift that's already happening in the story. Like with the other aspects of the gameplay, the gameplay is in service of the story, and I think that's my final thoughts on Warhammer 40k Space Marine. It's a wonderful game that actually accurately marries both gameplay and story to create a full experience, which I've always said the best games do. Unfortunately, I really don't have anything else to say here. Uh, it was a blast playing this game again, and I hope to see you guys next time.